What's up, everyone? Welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green. There's only three game days left in the regular season. Joining me to talk about that and break down game day 11 over in Germany, where no coach is safe, is David Hein. Dave, how's it going this week? No coach is safe. Yes. Uh, Good, good. Um, Six down, 10 to go. We're getting the playoff pictures are looking... Uh, clearer and then uh, not so clear, as we'll find out in Group D. Yeah, that's right. Six of the 16 teams have punched their tickets to the playoffs. Banvit and Bologna are the teams that qualified this week, but there's 10 spots up for grabs still. We'll talk about that on today's podcast. Also joining us, Babacar Toure, the double-double machine from Swiss champions, Fribourg Olympic, joins us later on the show. We're going to start off this podcast, like we do with all the others, breaking down the team of the week. Gary Neal takes the tough runner. Starting it off for Banvit, Gary Neal had 21 points in a key win for them over Nizhny, helping Banvit qualify for the playoffs. Marco Knight at MHP Reason Ludwigsburg, his first BCL game with the team, is the MVP this week. 27 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Kevin Punter, he's no stranger to the team of the week. He makes it again after putting up 22 points and 5 rebounds for Bologna. Vince Hunter, another guy who is a regular fixture on this list, he had 22 points, 9 rebounds, 90% shooting from the field as defending champions Ike blew out Dijon. And Ziga Dimech from Litkabelis had 16 points, 5 rebounds in an upset win over Bomberg. Uh, Dave, what do you think about the team of the week this week? Um, you know, most weeks we're like, yeah, this is, you know, it's a pretty, pretty big solid, you know, five, one, you know, one player here or there, like, ah, you have an argument, but I think you have a couple of pretty good solid arguments. I mean, Torre, um, uh, Torre at 21, uh, 21 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, it's, it's hard. I know we don't want to take two players from the same, same team and Marcus Knight was fantastic. Uh, but looking at, uh, Owen Clausen with, uh, 17 points, 18 rebounds, three, uh, three blocks. Um, and then actually, you know, I mean, I don't even know if, if Dimech was uh, the best player on the on his own team. Uh, you look at uh, Paulios Valinskas, you know, 11 points, tw- uh, 12 rebounds, six assists, a steal. He had two points, five rebounds, three assists, and a steal in that fourth, big fourth quarter for Elite Cabellas. So I, I don't know. Uh, that one, you know, I think... If you're going to take a big man, if you're looking for a big man, go, man, put in Ture. You know, I mean, he's had all those double-doubles uh, even in the qualifiers um, and uh, never was able to to sneak into the team. And uh, and now they get the big win. Uh, but you know what? Hey, he's got the interview with us this week. So that's also a good one. Yeah, no, no team of the week love for Ture, which I thought was a mistake as well. 21 points, 12 rebounds. Upset victory. Uh, you got you got to put that guy on the team of the week. But anyway, uh, some solid choices there, as always. Just want to remind you guys, you can watch all of these games on livebasketball.tv. They are also uploaded to the official Basketball Champions League YouTube channel every Monday. So if you want to go back and watch these games on YouTube, you can do that. Make sure you download the official Basketball Champions League app and check out the website, basketballcl.com. All right, Dave, let's jump in with Group A. Wide open. It's more for three. Is no good. Jordan Morgan does a job on the glass. That one. Mackenzie Moore. Looking at the standings, Ukam Murcia still in first place with the league-best 10-1 record. 
Avellino are in second at 7-4, and four, but they have not qualified for the playoffs yet. Banvit listed as third place, also 7-4. and four. They are in the playoffs. And then Nizhny, 5-6, and six, are in fourth place. Anvil, Vinspils, and Lamont are all 4-7 and seven and still in the hunt for that final playoff spot. And then Ludwigsburg in last place at 3-8 and eight are technically still alive. Igor Jerkovic, the great columnist on BasketballCL.com, he uh, picked Ludwigsburg to make the playoffs in today's four bold predictions column. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but an impressive performance from them this week. Uh, but Dave, let, let's start this one off with Nizhny losing at home to Banvit, 75-72. to 72. You made a, a bold prediction yourself back in November saying that Banvit would not make the playoffs even though they had a winning record at the time. Dave, what, what's your reaction now that they have qualified, obviously with some new additions helping them out there? That's that's the point. I mean, you look at the, the the team that they had then. You know, Mackenzie Moore had already arrived, but you know, you you brought in Gary Neal, you brought in DJ Shelton, you you changed coach. Uh, you know, um, uh, Jorgen had been uh, a coach only at the youth level in Banvit, and then you bring in a coach who has more experience at the professional level in Hakan Demir, and um. Yeah, and you know, there was a, it was a it was a period where they needed they had road games and they've been able to win those road games but you know, it's also because of those additions uh also, you know, Mackenzie Moore also getting more uh, uh more accustomed to the system everything else. So, yeah, Banvit, you know, this is a team that's always done well in this competition and 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 the the way the team looked back then is not the way the team looks now. So, uh you know, congratulations on Banvit. It was a bold prediction if ever, you know, if they had started losing some road games, it was kind of a, you know, poke the bears, you know, maybe see what happens. It was a feasible one, but you know, in it, you know, down, you know, deep down in my heart, I, I, I still did think they would because it is a good team and you thought that they would make the additions and they have. So, you know, this is a team that if they can get to, you know, maybe a second, second, uh, uh spot in the group where they can a- avoid a second place team in, you know, like a, a, a Hapo Jerusalem or whatever, you know, this team could make the final four, you know, with the way it's, it's put together now. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good team. And also a big victory, you know, at Niz, at Nizhny Novgorod who are, they're fighting for their lives still a little bit. I know they have a little bit of a, a of a cushion, but they're fighting for their lives. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good team with a lot of, with a lot of weapons. And, you know, we like teams with a lot of weapons and this is a team that, you know, we really haven't been talking about that, that part of it. You know, we've been talking about, Oh, you know, the bold prediction that they won't make the playoffs, but you know, they do have a lot of uh, guys that can, can score and do things on this team. What what do you think about this one? Yeah, so the big thing, the big thing for Banvit was they needed more offense. Uh, that that was kind of their problem earlier in the season. Then they went out and got a scorer like Gary Neal in the middle of December. That's been huge for them. Uh, he had 13 points in his first BCL game, 10 in his second, and then 21 in this game against Nizhny. 13 of those came in the second quarter. He's a really tough guy to stop. Very strong. He was able to, you know, kind of just bulldoze his way into the paint, got to the free throw line. He hits shots with hands in his face. And this is a guy who was third in the MVP race last year in the ACB, which is the best domestic league in Europe. He's a veteran. He's played in NBA finals games. He spent a few years with Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. So he knows how to play the game. He's not going to be afraid of the moment. And he's a really tough one-on-one scorer. 
So bringing him in has been crucial for them, and and he was excellent in this game. And then Mackenzie Moore, like you mentioned, another newish addition. Uh, he's just a matchup nightmare. He's six six. He's got guard skills. Makes long strides to the rim. Uh, he can post up smaller players. Good vision. Good rebounder. This is just a tough physical Banfit team now with with those guys, with Shelton coming in, with Jordan Morgan doing his thing around the rim. Uh, this is a, a tough physical team. Now that they've added these offensive weapons, they just look a lot more dangerous. For Nizhny, they fought really hard in this game. Uh, they did a great job on the offensive glass. That's how they got a lot of their points in the first half. Uh, but then in the third quarter, they really slowed down. Jordan Morgan started dominating the rebounding battle, uh, and, and Bambit was able to build a lead. Nizhny then clawed their way back from 12 down. They had the lead in a little a little bit in the fourth, but a, a tough call went against them. And, and Bamvit was able to close out the game. And for Nizhny, this was a game where Artem Komalov hit three of five three-pointers. Cherapovich also hit three of five, but the rest of the team was 0 of 15 from the three-point line, including Ivan Strebkov missing all six of his attempts. So it's, you know, it's obviously, it's, it's going to be tough to win games when only two guys are hitting shots from the outside, but I still think this Nizhny team will make the playoffs. They have a one-game advantage right now over the other three teams in the group. I, I still think they'll make it, but tough loss for them at home and in a game that they surely could have won. They they play they play at Le Mans, home against Ventspils, and then at uh, Ludwigsburg. So like I said, all they need to do is take care of business. All right, moving on to Avellino versus Morcia. This is a win for the group leaders, Morcia. On the road, 63-57, to they snapped Avellino's seven-game winning streak between the BCL and the Italian League. This was a game where Avellino were very shorthanded, no Caleb Green, uh, no Hamidi Ndiaye, who's out for a while, no Matt Costello. Kiefer Sykes was really good in this game. Uh, he got into the paint pretty much whenever he wanted, did a really good job finishing, also played some great defense, but he just had to do too much. Avellino, they weren't able to score for the last three minutes and 52 seconds, and Morcia won the game, as they do, with hustle, defense, some timely threes from Sadiel Rojas and Damian Rudez. Dave, did you have any thoughts on this game? You know, we we we've talked about uh, additions, and you know, this is another team that that made a couple additions. Uh, you know, Luka Mitrovic, Mitrovic came in. Uh, he had eight points, five rebounds, two steals. You know, he's a, he's a he's a he's not a guy that that takes over games, but he's a really great role player. And so, I think that you know, this is a team that that has their their way, and uh, you know, this is a guy that can really come in and 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 give them sparks. You know, for you know, a couple minutes here and there, you know, doesn't have to take over the games, and 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 you know, like we've talked about this 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 team a lot. You know, they don't um, they don't blow people out. They just you know you know, even though Avellino is is uh, is a little bit uh, uh, shorthanded, you know, they it's a it was a game on the road, and uh, you know they held they held Avellino to just thirty seven percent from the field. Uh, you know, and that and and that's that's just a sign of good defense. And yeah, I mean they're ten and one. You know, I mean it's hard to it's hard to argue with ten and one. I mean I I know people are going to say, well, you can't use that argument with Tenerife. Um, you know, Tenerife. I the the reason I have that ten the reason I worry about Tenerife is that they rely so much on their outside game. You know, this is not a team that relies on anything. You know, except tough defense, and you know you have a you have a couple of different guys that can step up late. So I I I you know it's it's a good win for Mercia after the double overtime. Uh, loss at home to Tenerife uh, to come here now and 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 go to Avellino 
You know, we, we talked last, you know, Jason Rich talked about uh, the Avelino crowd last week, you know, so, um, you know, going in on the road after a long, uh, uh, a long game against, against Tenerife to come in and, and get the win. So big one from, from, from Mercia. For sure. And the other games in this group, Vince Beals beat Le Mans 88 to 77 and Ludwigsburg won on the road at Anvil 87 to 74. Dave, any, any thoughts from those games before we move on? I mean, we mentioned Clausen with a big game. Knight obviously was great. Uh, Lachinsky came back, uh, 1.8 assists, a very Lachinsky game. Uh, I saw he kind of got a knock on his shoulder. Um, I don't remember actually, actually off the top of my head if he ended up coming back in or not. Um, you know, this is a team that's not going to be able to, 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 to go far, uh, even in the FIBA Europe Cup, if they do get there uh, without Lachinsky. Uh, they went scoreless for the final 350. It was a six. It was a 16-0 run uh, to finish the game for Ludwigsburg. So you know that imp- that 13-point victory looks impressive, uh, but you know it was basically them holding off Anvil for the final almost four minutes. To, and uh, so yeah, they got a long way to go, but they're not dead yet, Ludwigsburg. Thrill time, good defense from San Miguel. Five on the shot clock. Marquez Haynes drives in. Top shot, and he is fouled. Moving on to Group B, Tenerife still in first place at nine and two, and they are qualified for the playoffs. Behind them, Venezia are eight and three. Holoner in third place at seven and four, and then Nanterre moved up to fourth place with a big win over Pauk. Both of those teams are six and five. Bonn is in sixth at four and seven. Freeborg at three and eight, and then Opava at the bottom of the group at one and ten. Let's start this one off with probably the game of the week. Venezia winning on the road at Tenerife, 80 to 78. This game had it all. Highlight dunks, clutch, uh, clutch shooting, missed free throws, post-game Instagram drama. Uh, Dave, <laughs> what, did, what did you take away from Venezia's win at Tenerife? Uh, you know, I wish the post the, the 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 Instagram stuff didn't happen. Um, I think that kind of uh, um, yeah, you know, if you want to go look at it, you know, go go. Um, there's plenty of avenues to go find it. Um, big win for Avellino. Uh, Avellino, uh, sorry, big win for uh, for Venezia. Uh, you know, you 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 mentioned uh, the three point shooting, forty six percent hitting thir- thirteen threes for for Venezia. Uh, you know, 52% from the free throw line. Day missed two free throws with 2.3 seconds left, which actually all, all Tenerife needed. It was a, was a two to tie the game. And, but you know, Haynes was fantastic. Bramos hit some huge shots. Day was the good day, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, we talked before the recordings, like, you know, if, if we knew that day was was going to be good day all the time, then, you know, you can think a lot, a lot higher of this team. Um, but it, he just worries me a little bit, but, you know, you know, this team is good, you know, Stone was fantastic, Washington strong. And, you know, this is just a team that, that, that has a, a lot of great weapons and, and, and this was a great game. You know, this was a, this was a fun, a really, really fun game to watch. And this is a, this is a final four, you know, this had a final four feel to it. You know, two teams that definitely have uh, legit chances of getting there. It was just a fun watch. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that we need to mention was, was Colton Iverson went out early 
in the first two minutes, uh, he took like a blow to the head, I think, and, and had to go to the bench. And that had a pretty big impact because he's a guy who has been just on fire the last few weeks. He's been dominating. So they had to take Iverson out, brought in Mamadou uh, Niang, which had a bad impact on Tenerife's offense. He's a guy who he got up for some really powerful alley-oop dunks. He finished two of them in this game, but they also had some plays where they threw the ball to him and it just went right through his hands. So Iverson going out, I think, hurt Tenerife early on but for me the key to this game and the thing that would worry me the most as a Tenerife supporter was their inability to contain Marquez Haynes off the dribble uh, in the fourth quarter he was just blowing past guys getting wherever he wanted on the court he started the game really hot he he made a couple threes and he had 10 points in that first quarter and so I think that forced Tenerife to kind of play him a little bit tighter respect his shot uh, and then later in the game nobody could stay in front of him in the fourth quarter alone he had this beautiful crossover and pull up jumper he drove into the lane and had a nice assist to Austin Day and then on one of the key plays of the game he blew past Colton Iverson on a switch kicked it to Bramos in the corner for the three and then 41 seconds left in the game Venezia up one Haynes almost turned it over got the ball back and then just left San Miguel in the dust completely and then finished the lefty layup over Sebastian Saiz so it was it was a great individual performance from Haynes and if I'm Tenerife that's a worrying factor not being able to stay in front of guys like him because you look at who they might match up with in the playoffs if you're going up against a team like Nizhny with Kendrick Perry or Antwerp with Paris Lee there's a lot of really explosive guards in this league and if Tenerife are unable to contain that dribble penetration I think they're going to have some issues once the playoffs roll around yeah that definitely you can imagine that being a problem I, I it might be a little bit uh you know taking a look at this team where, where it's at right now it might be a little bit different because it would I would think that um Thad McFadden should be back um it was mid mid-December when he when he got injured and they said four to six weeks so you say even go six weeks uh, that puts him back at the end of January, so uh, maybe not for the rest of the regular season, but uh, for the playoffs, uh, should be there. So, um, Tenerife fans, maybe you know, you know, hang your hat on on McFadden coming back and being able to stop that, but definitely for the rest of the the the, the regular season, it's a it's it's an issue. Yeah, looking elsewhere in this group, Nanterre got a really important win at home, beating Pauk seventy nine to seventy. That helped them jump ahead of Pauk in the standings. Right now, Nanterre are in fourth place. Pauk are in fifth. But if you look at Igor Djurkovic's help side column this week, one of his bold predictions is that Nanterre will not make the playoffs, even though they're one of the hottest teams in the BCL this season. He has Pauk jumping ahead of them because Nanterre has the more difficult schedule the rest of the way. Uh, Dave, what do you think about Igor's prediction there? Uh, I mean, as a guy who likes bold predictions, I like it. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I think the fact that they do hold the the, the tiebreaker over Pauk is going to um, um, is going to to carry the weight for them, and I, I think they'll get the necessary wins. Um, plus, I think I I, I think I'd, I'd like to see Nanterre in the in the uh, in the playoffs, even if they have to go. You know, if they have to if they have to go against like a one seed, you know, with Singlin and Waters and um, you know Gamble. Uh, you know, that they'll put together, I mean, they've, they've, uh, you know, they've shown that they could blow out teams that they should, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that, that'd be a fun one. If they go up against like, uh, if they go up against a Tenerife, I don't know. I, 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 I might even be taking, uh, uh, Nanterre in that. I mean, it's, 
you know, we'll have to see to make sure it comes to that. But uh, I, I think Nonteros will get in there. Yeah, so teams from the same group can't be drawn against each other in the round of 16, but that could potentially be a quarterfinal situation. Um, I think I'm probably with Igor on this one. I think Pauk will jump back, Ah. will jump back ahead of Nante. Uh, Pauk, their three remaining games are at Opava, Fribourg, and then Tenerife in the last week of the season, which I don't think that game is really going to mean much to Tenerife and Pauk have already beaten them. Whereas Nante play Fribourg and then two really tough games against Venezia and Halone. So I think Pauk, uh, will probably go two and one during that stretch. Nante will go one and two and Pauk will jump ahead, but we'll see. It's going to be a really exciting last few weeks and then the rest of the games in that group Freeborg as we mentioned earlier beat Bond 70 to 63 Bond then fired their head coach and then Halone with a blowout win over Opava 97 to 64 Dave any final thoughts Yeah you know this is something that we really haven't talked about very much but you know for for the teams that don't make the playoffs there is still the FIBA Europe Cup and you know uh, Baba Kartore talks about that in the interview later on and they own the tiebreak Freeboard do, do, uh, do now over Bonn. Um, and uh, so, you know, that's that's something that 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 that's going to be, you know, interesting over the, 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 the rest of the way um, to see, you know, if 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 Freeboard can can continue their their really great season. You know, they, they don't have a great record, but if they're able to continue their great season and, and really Bonn put a real downer on, 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 on a campaign that really at times looked good and then had some injuries. But uh, yeah, so again, you know, congratulations to Freeboard and getting a real big victory. Bird, uh, running out of steam again. Wilson bounce pass. Demons with authority. All right, moving on to Group C, defending champions Ike Athens are still in first place at 9 and 2. Hapoel Jerusalem also have a 9 and 2 record. They're in second place. Then we've got Bomberg in third at 7 and 4, Antwerp in fourth at 6 and 5, Lead Cabellus 4 and 7, Dijon and Nimburg are both 3 and 8, and Fuenlabrada in last place are also 3 and 8. Every game in this group was decided by at least 13 points this week, so we're going to be pretty quick with this one. Uh, but there was some big news with Bomberg making a coaching change before the week started, uh, firing Einers Bagatskis. Uh, Dave, you're there in Germany. You follow the BBL pretty closely. What do you think led Bomberg to make this decision to change coaches? You know, I think probably their recent struggles at home um you know you look over in, in big games in big games um uh, they lost they lost uh, by 5 points uh to Bayern they lost uh then by 10 points uh at home to Bayreuth and then um they lost at home by 18 to Rastafechta and Rastafechta is a is a promoted team uh that really goes um <laughs> let's you know, the Rastafari uh, is a big element of their marketing and everything like that. It's, it's probably the biggest surprise team of the BBL uh, thus far. Losing by 18 points in Freak City at home, that's a big one. And then, um, so I think that was, that was you know, losing those two games against probably top four, top five teams. And then losing against, against um uh, again, losing against Fechta, uh, you know, this, this, this group, um, you know, my, um, Michael Stoschek, the, the, the chairman of the bros, company, you know, this is, a, this is a group that's, that's fired Fleming, uh, fired Andrea Tenkeria, and then also didn't retain Luca Banki. Um, so yeah, it was, it, 
they they they're not very patient uh, um and uh and it's and it was it was a it was a decision i think some people probably say yeah it it, it should have been made but you know you're you're still in, in a decent spot in the german bbl and you are you know you're in third place pretty much a solid third place um in the in the champions league you know get you know catching up to 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 uh Hapo Jerusalem or Ike is going to be tough um would have been tough even if if Bogatskas had stayed on um but yeah at, at this point of the season you know I, they 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 handed the reins over to assistant coach uh Federico Perego now right now the 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 biggest name being um being uh connected to the to the job is Sasha Bradovich whether or not that happens I'm not sure uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a club that, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, the guy's coming back, you know, this is a team that could maybe play for the final four. And now in theory, you know, they're playing, they're playing at home next week against Antwerp. And, um, you know, if they lose that game and then, uh, you know, they could be in danger of, of dropping to the fourth spot. So, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult situation right now for, for Bamberg and, you know, did it have to be made? I don't know. I, I I don't necessarily think so, but uh, you know that's why the other guys who make the big money, you know, make those decisions. Yeah, Bamberg also had some home losses in the BCL. Of course, that first week they lost that uh, buzzer beater hail mary game against Fuenlabrada, and then they also lost to Hapoel Jerusalem at home. But they did just beat Ike Athens, the defending champs. Snapped Ike's eight game winning streak in the BCL just a week ago. Uh, so this is a team that you know they have championship level talent. It'll be really interesting to see who they bring in. But lackluster effort from Bamberg this week. They got beat by Lead Cabellus eighty four to sixty seven. Uh, not the greatest effort, not the greatest body language from Bomber going on in that game. And like you said, they're, you know, they're definitely in danger of falling to the fourth seed, which, uh, if I was a number one seed and I drew Bomberg, I would not be happy about that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, Bomberg have higher expectations themselves. Um, so we'll, we'll see if they're able to kind of turn this around the last couple weeks and get a few more wins. Elsewhere in this group, Hapoel Jerusalem keep on rolling. They beat Fuenlabrada 91 to 77. Ike beat Dijon 80 to 56 in Jordan Theodore's first BCL game with the team. He was the MVP back in 2016-17, now joining Ike Athens. And then Antwerp with a uh, really nice win over Nimburg, 85 to 72. This is a game that they kind of had to have. Uh, you know, if they lost this game, Nimburg would have creeped up closer in the standings. We saw Lee Cabellis get that win. So impressive performance from the young kids at Antwerp to win this one and move closer to securing a playoff spot. Dave, any final thoughts on this group? Uh, I think this is my my uh, weekly chance to to give the Tashawn Thomas update. 13.6 rebounds, one assist, two steals. Um just seven points allowed by Antwerp in the in the fourth quarter and uh Theodore with five points, two rebounds, three assists and a steal in 23 minutes. The rich get richer with uh, with Ike. Georgievich. Can they finish it off here? Oh, there it is. They've won it, surely. Second or so remaining. 
And the final group, the group of death, Group D, Bologna in first place at 9-2. and two. They're the only team from this group that's qualified for the playoffs. Everybody else still has some work to do. Prometheus are in second place at 7-4. and four. And then Besiktas, Strasbourg, and Ostend are all 6-5. and five. Neptunus still in the hunt at 5-6. and six. Bayreuth 4-7. and seven. And then Petrol Olympia Ljubljana in last place at 1-10. and ten. Dave, let's start this one off with Strasbourg losing at home to Neptunus, 80-90. to 90. Strasbourg went ice cold in crunch time again. Neptunus closed the game on an 18-4 to 4 run. Uh, what, what did you think about this game and where these two teams stand in this group right now? And it's just the Strasbourg issue that we've we've had now you know that these these they're they're not able to get the baskets when they need them they went over over six uh uh from the field in the final uh almost five minutes and you know you they couldn't really stop uh lorenzo williams you know it, it, it this is a this is a a guard problem uh a I don't know if you, whatever you want to call it, the the ability to to stop quick guards and get around quick guards. You know, it's veteran veteran leadership is what you know. We keep talking about this over over and over with 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 Strasburg, and uh, we saw it again. So, um, you know, they're still six and five, and they're still actually in the playoffs right now, which is uh, which is pretty pretty crazy um, when you think of you know the hot some of the hot teams in this group. Um, and, uh, they're not out of it by far, you know, I mean, they, they're, uh, you know, they have a huge game next week, which we'll talk about in, in, in a couple of minutes, but, um, yeah, it's, it's the alarm bells are still ringing. Yeah, last week, my overreaction Friday was that Strasbourg would miss the playoffs. That was after they got lit up by Jason Rich uh, and lost to Besiktas at home 64-69. to That was another game where, like you mentioned, they had you know they had trouble scoring in the fourth quarter. Besiktas outscored them 11-4 to in the final minutes of that game. And for me, the problem is Strasbourg just looks slow. Uh, you know, they have all these veteran guys. Um, they have physical guys, uh, but they just look kind of old and slow at times. In this game against Neptune, Tunis, they built an 11-point lead in the first quarter. Uh, Petrus, Traore, these guys were dominating offensively, but then they gave up that lead almost immediately because Neptunus was just getting out in transition. Uh, Strasbourg couldn't get back on defense. Neptunus were getting easy buckets. And then in the fourth quarter, what really doomed Strasbourg, in addition to not hitting shots, they had slow defensive rotations and miscommunications that led to open threes for Kissy Elias and Dombrowskis, and Neptunus was just able to punish their slow defense with open shots. So Strasbourg, they've now lost three of their last four home games in the BCL. Their only win was against 1-10 Ljubljana, and then like you mentioned, they're on the road next week against Prometheus. That's going to be a really tough game, so I'm I'm pretty worried about this Strasbourg team, uh, especially with the rest of this group looking looking pretty tough. Another really interesting game in this group, Ostend beating Olympia 71-69. to This was a game that Ljubljana led almost the entire way. They got a great performance from Luka Samanich, potential first-round pick in the upcoming NBA draft. He was phenomenal, 18 points in 21 minutes, and he showed the entire offensive skill set. You know, he had a spin hook shot from the post. He hit a three-pointer. He was attacking off the dribble. He had a couple nice tip-ins and putbacks. And then maybe the most encouraging thing for me was with 3.9 seconds left and Ljubljana down by two points, Samanich got to the free throw line, stepped up, coolly hit both free throws to tie the game. I thought that was a really impressive sign from an 18-year-old kid to hit those free throws in that situation. Unfortunately, 
Chase Fila hit a crazy shot for Ostend on the other side, uh, reverse layup that went high off the glass, and Ostend were able to get the two-point win on the road. Dave, this Ostend team just keeps pulling rabbits out of the hat. That's exactly right. And and I'll talk about this a little bit later as well. Olympia keep losing games that they lead. <laughs> uh, and, and, and really, you know, you, you look at some of the numbers, like how did they lose this game? You have 46 of 23 rebounds, 18 offensive rebounds uh, for, for Olympia. Um, they just, you know, Ostend really were able to, 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 to control the ball. Only seven turnovers. Um, yeah, you know, Ostend, they lost to this team. This was, this was Olympia's only victory. Uh, back uh, in in game day game day four by six points and and Olympia man they that would have been so it would have been good for them if they had been able to go to two and zero against a team that many many think that are going to get to the playoffs but um, yeah I'll, I'll come back to this to this team uh, but yeah a, a tough loss for Olympia. Yeah, elsewhere in this group, Besiktas with an important win over Prometheus. They had a season-high 96 points as they won 96-74. to 74. Big asterisk, though, uh, on this game as Rion Brown, Prometheus' best player, only played five minutes, and um, Nikos Gikas also did not play. So Prometheus weren't at full strength. And then the last game in this group, Bologna with a win 93 to 83 on the road at Bayreuth. Kevin Punter was phenomenal, as we mentioned, made the team of the week. Tony Taylor, another great performance from him. Math and Bai was dunking on everybody. Uh, Dave, any, any final thoughts on Group D? Um, chaos. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Absolute chaos in this group. We'll preview game day 12 a little bit later in the podcast. There's some important games in that group that will go a long way towards deciding who makes the playoffs. But first, Dave, let's go into overtime. Five topics. We're going to get through these pretty quickly before our interview with Babacar Toure. First up is stat of the week. I'll let you go first with this one. Uh, I'm going to go with 11. Um, 11 was the lead that uh, 11 point lead Olympia had. Uh, over Ostend and gave it up. They led for 34 minutes and 15 seconds. Ostend's biggest lead was two points, and they led for only two minutes and 24 seconds. Olympia now in their last three games, uh, they came back from a game uh, against Strasbourg by 14 points to lose. Uh, they were leading Patras by uh, Prometheus by 16 points and leading Virtus Bologna by 14 points, and now we can add 11 as the lead that they gave up to Ostend. What do you got? I'm actually staying in this game. So Ostend are now on a five-game winning streak, and they've won those games by a combined total of 12 points, which is absolutely insane. I think their biggest margin of victory was four. Uh, alternatively, another stat of the week, Freeborg only made one three-pointer mm -hmm. in their win over Bond, so pretty crazy that they were able to get a W with only one three-pointer. Next up, surprise of the week. I'll start this one off. I'm going with Bomberg just completely not showing up against Leek Cabellis. This was a week where they would have clinched a playoff spot with a win. Of course, they made the coaching change, and, and sometimes that can go either way with the players either coming out and performing really poorly as they did or rallying around the interim guy, uh, which they clearly did not. So that was my surprise of the week was Bomberg uh, with a, a really poor effort on the road at Leek Cabellis. Uh, what do you have for this one, Dave? I think that's fair. I, you know, especially you think about the leader, you know, some of the leaders on that team and they really weren't able to, 
let's say rally the troops. Um, I, I went with Besiktas. I mean, I know that you know, you know, Brown and, and Gikas didn't play, but to just blow out Prometheus um, in in really an important game, you know, still for Prometheus, you know, they want to you know try to stay ahead and and, and try to secure that um, you know that second spot behind Bologna. Uh, but just to get blown out, uh, I, I, you know, we 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 talked about last week. Besiktas is playing better, but to see them blow out uh, Prometheus again, even without those guys, was was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, for sure. Next up, overreaction Friday. Uh, what do you got for your overreaction, Dave? I'm gonna say Klaipeda, uh Neptunus Klaipeda will will make the playoffs. Um, they are in a absolute dogfight, and we'll get to that in a, in a, in a minute. Um, they're at five and six. They're outside. Um, but they play at home against Olympia. They play at Patras, and then they host uh, Medi Bayreuth. Um, and so, yeah, I think they'll get three wins, and I think they'll 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 end up making the the, the playoffs. Uh, who knows? Um, I I didn't look at it, but you know, if they have a big win in there uh, against one of the teams that they're tied in the, in a in a in a three or four way tie. Uh, maybe they could even jump up to a third spot to avoid a top seed. Uh, so that's what I got. My overreaction is that Neptunus Kleipodus will make the playoffs. What do you got? All right. My overreaction is a half overreaction. I'm not sure how much I believe this, but we were talking before that Venezia might be the best Italian team in the competition. Uh, I, I still think Bologna are a little bit better, but Venezia, I thought, were really impressive in that win over Tenerife, uh, knocking off a, a fellow Final Four contender. And, um, you know, like you, you said earlier, when Austin Day is good, this team is pretty incredible with the weapons they have with Haynes. Uh, Mitchell Watt only had one point in that game and Venezia was still able to get that win. Huge performance by Gaspar Vidmar. Uh, maybe, maybe his best BCL game of the season for them after struggling a little bit early on in the season. So that's my overreaction Friday. I'll go with, with Venezia as the top Italian team, uh, for now, although Bologna are a machine. Uh, next topic, team outside of the top four that will make it to the playoffs. I guess you just gave up yours with Neptunus. Uh, do, do you see anybody else getting in there, Dave? I'm actually staying in that group. I'm going to say us and actually sneak in there. Um, so, um, you know, I- I- Igor said that they are going to make the, the, the second seed. Um, I, 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 you know, you know, pulling, pulling the rabbits out of the hat, you know, the magic will somehow continue and they will, they will get in there. Right. So what does that mean? Does that, so I guess, I guess that means that Strasbourg and Besiktas don't make it. Is that what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I guess I, I guess that is what I'm saying, isn't it? If I say that Ostend and Kleipeda, Neptunus, maybe I should just say Kleip, uh, Neptunus make the playoffs and just stay with that. Yeah, so I already called Strasbourg falling out. I I will you did. You I will did. stick with that and and say Ostend will will make it there. Uh, they have that that slight advantage over Neptunus right now. I do think Besiktas will stay in there. I think they've been playing really well uh, with yeah. with Jason Rich on board and everyone starting to gel. Uh, for me though, I'm gonna go with Pauk. I mentioned this earlier. They have the same mm-hmm. record as Nanterre. They have an easier schedule the rest of the way. I think Pauk will jump up in there, um, although I don't feel great about that because Nanterre have been really impressive. Uh, and the last category, best new addition. Uh, this is just anybody who's signed since the beginning of the season, uh, and there's a lot of good candidates. We mentioned Mackenzie Moore and Gary Neal over in Banvit, Jordan Theodore at Ike Athens. Uh, there have been quite a few moves. So, Dave, who do you see as the best new addition? 
I'm going to go with Mackenzie Moore. I think, you know, that was um, a time where, you know, they got rid of uh, uh, Bircevich and also Marcus Thornton. We're trying to find themselves. Moore has come in. Uh, he's missed a couple of games, but he's been, you know, a really super solid player for them. Um, and, you know, they've had a couple of, of players on top of that. But, you know, you talked about what a great player uh, Mackenzie Moore is. And, and that that's the guy uh, that I picked um, also mainly because, you know, it was a, it was a team that you kind of felt that um, was going to go through transition, especially after they let let go of those guys. Uh, yeah. So um, who do you got? I'm actually looking really looking forward to hearing who you have. Yeah. So I, I considered a lot of different guys for this. I, I was thinking about Moore and Neil there and Banvit uh, because they've they've really helped them, you know, secure that playoff spot. But I went with a guy who I think this is not going to have a very big impact over the next couple weeks, but this could have potentially a huge impact once we get into the quarterfinals and the final four. And that's Bologna adding Yannick Morera, the center from Pauk, because yeah, Bologna, they already have Brian Qualley. They got Dejan Kravich. That's a good two-man center rotation. Now they bring in Morera, another long athletic center who's a two-way monster. He can He's skilled around the rim. He can hit 15-foot jump shots. He can finish alley-oops. He can also protect the rim on the other side of the floor and block shots and grab rebounds. That's a huge move. I, I, I kind of went more with, with somebody who's already had an impact, but I, yours is definitely, you know, looking at the bigger games for sure. That, yeah, that, Bologna, and Bologna are a team with big ambitions, both in the BCL and in the Italian league. I think that that's why they went out and got Morera was so they have a little bit of uh, injury insurance and also they can rest some guys uh, later on. So I, I think that's going to have a huge impact. So Yannick Morera at Bologna, he made his BCL debut for them this week. You know, not huge numbers by any means, but I, I expect him to settle in and be a big part of that team going forward. Forward. So that'll do it for overtime. Next up, we have our interview with Babakar Toure from Fribourg Olympic. Dave and I will catch you on the other side of the interview to preview game day 12. And now Toure for three is good. Great backdoor cut. What a pass from Magic Toure. And this time Toure makes it over Okay, so on the show this week, we have Babacar Touré from Fribourg Olympic. Uh, Babacar, thanks for coming on the show. Congratulations, uh, Fribourg uh, picked up their uh, third victory this year. Getting getting the win yeah. over uh, Telecom Baskets Bonn on the road. Maybe... Maybe just talk about how uh, some of the keys to to this victory. I know uh, Bon, you know, tried to make some comebacks in the fourth quarter, but you you guys really stayed tough and never gave up the lead. Maybe just talk about the keys to getting this victory. Yeah, we start the game like uh, we want, like a lot of aggressivity and uh, good ball movement, and start a great defense. Yeah, even if they come back in the fourth quarter, we don't uh, lose our lucidity. We just stay calm and uh, try to make some easy points, like uh, fast break, uh, offensive rebound, or something like that. Um, maybe just talk about the importance of getting this victory. You, you know, the team grabbed two wins over Opava, um, but uh, to to get a victory 
over a German team and then also on the road. Maybe talk about the importance of getting this win. Yeah, it's really important because now we are trying to catch the sixth place just to continue uh, playing in the other cup. Donc, uh, for us, uh, this victory was very important and we won it and uh, we get it. Yeah, Babakar, and uh, personally, you've been great this season. You're first in the BCL in double-doubles with seven. The next highest is four. Uh, you're first in rebounds by a wide margin. You're sixth in points per game. What, what have been some of the keys to your success personally that have allowed you to have such a good season? Well, I try to help the team uh, as much as uh, possible. And uh, rebounding is my strength, and I try to catch every ball. And uh, in points too, I have, that's what I say. I'm uh, in the team service, try to make points, try to help the team to win the game. And after your personal, uh, we see where we are. You, you're from you're from Senegal. Uh, maybe just maybe just talk yeah. about um, uh, basketball where you where you kind of grew up. Obviously, there's there's the there's the there's the the seed academy there. Uh, maybe just talk about uh, basketball where you grew up. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I born in Kaolack, uh, and I grew up in uh, Dakar, and there where I start basketball too. And in 2007, I joined the Swiss for study, and uh, I have opportunity to play basketball, and I do it, and now uh, I'm in football. Who are some of your role models? Uh, you know, let's say basketball idols growing up. Ah, my basketball idol—that was Kevin Garnett. And why him? Why why Kevin Garnett? Yeah, I think uh, he's tall, little bit skin. He's going to rebound. He, I really like his, how he how he plays. Yeah, and what was uh, what do you remember as like the state of basketball in Senegal as you were growing up? Like, was it was it really popular among kids your age? And, and what was kind of uh, like the quality of the league like and, and things like that when you were playing there? Yeah, it's a good basketball. It's really physical and uh, they play fast too. Yeah, it's a, I think has a good level. Yeah, and then in 2007, when you moved to Switzerland uh, to play in the second division, I, I read that you were also moving there to be an accountant. Is that true? Yes, that was my goal. And uh, I just finished uh, in Senegal and uh, tried to come here into uni in university. And uh, I followed this uh, kind of formation, and I was an accountant. And, uh, and, and why Switzerland? How did, that, how did you pick Switzerland? Uh, because I know uh, have a really good friend. He was playing here in Switzerland. He played in France, and now he live in uh, Switzerland. And he called me, have a talk to a coach here, Claude Siani, was a uh, head coach in uh, Berne. He talked to him and say, "I need a big man who can help us because we are in the bottom in the second league." And Momar, his name is Momar, and he told him, "I know someone who can help you." And when he contacted me, I say, okay, I just want to play basketball and continue to study and say, okay, they are good for this. And that's how I joined Switzerland. Um, that's a pretty big transition, um, especially, let's say, cultural. Maybe talk about the culture shock that you had going from going from Senegal to, to Switzerland. Uh, you know, it's obviously two different uh, countries, cultures. 
Yeah, of course. It's not the same. Uh, here is really cold. Uh, that was my first time <laughs> I traveled in Europe. And yeah, that was a tough, but, but uh, I have a great teammate when I come here and good coach who helped me to have a good integration. And uh, yeah, thanks to them. And and then in 2013 with with uh, with Geneva the Lions you you won the championship um, and the cup yeah and the cup the double um, what yeah. what did uh, what did that mean for you um, you know coming coming and playing in Switzerland and then and then becoming a champion yeah that was a great feeling because uh, at the beginning I never think I will one day win the cup or the championship. And when did they happen? That was a good satisfaction. Uh, that means uh, works back. Yeah, and then a couple of years later, you made a interesting decision and you moved to the second division. Uh, why, yeah. why did you decide to do that a few years ago? Yeah, because I. That was my six years in the uh, first division in uh, in Switzerland and. Now that was time to me just to start to continue to play in Switzerland and or to move out, go to another country and play. But that was not a good decision for me because I have a family here, wife and daughter, and that was tough for me to leave. And that's why I decided to go work in account like an accountant and uh, playing basketball in the second division because Vevey uh, was uh, next uh, to where I worked. That's why. Yeah, and then after winning the second division championship, uh, you went back up and, and signed with Freiburg. Uh, why did you decide to sign with them when, when you received the offer? Yeah, because I miss uh, the high-level basketball. I mean, I When I start work, I feel like I'm not ready to stop defensive basketball. I have a like, couple of years to play again. And uh, when Freeburg come to give me the effort, uh, I accept this. And I mean, you know, this what what's it like for you? I mean, you're you're able to put up, uh, you know, some great production double doubles against teams in Russia, uh, the 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 you know Gröningen as well, um, Sakaraya. You know, what was it like for you playing international basketball um, at the club level, really for the first time? Yeah, for me, uh, everything is new. I never played this level. Uh, but I just want to prove myself and just I can play to this level. And uh, every game I fight and uh, I try to give my best. So right now, the 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 team is at 3-8 and eight in the group, um, you know, with the two victories of o- over Opava. Um, h- how would you feel, how would you say that the team has done this season? Yeah, I think we have a lot of bad luck because uh, we lost uh, some games. We can win it too because as was uh, we lose uh, at the, like two, two, three minutes uh, at the end, but we can win it. But we don't have enough experience, and we faced up a, a really, really good team in, in Europe. That was tough. Most of them, most of us, is the first time they play Champions League. We don't have this experience and. Uh, yeah, we need this. Uh, at the end, at the end of the Bond game, um, you had uh, Nate and Jerkovic hit the layup to to make it a seven point game, which which pretty much uh, gave you 
um, the tiebreaker, you knew that if that if um, that if Bond had been able to score just two points, that you guys would still have the tiebreaker. What would it mean for for Freeboard to maybe get into that FIBA Europe uh, FIBA Europe Cup to continue their Europe season? Uh, now I think we have to play every game like a finals because uh, we don't have choice. If you want to catch the sixth place, you have to go and try to win this game. And if we're not able to win this game, that means uh, we are not our we have we don't have our place in the uh, Euro Cup. For a lot of people, um, you know, this was the first time that that they've ever heard of Freebore Olympic. Um, to to give them to 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 give the club. Uh, international recognition by playing in the basketball champions league. Um, what is, give us a, give us a, an idea what it means, um, to the people who run the club and, and who support the club. Uh, because, you know, a lot of us don't know really anything, ex uh, about this club. Um, just give us a feel of what it means to be pre hosting, you know, these great teams from, from all of these different countries, uh, there in, in, in Switzerland. Yeah, I think uh, Fribourg Olympic is a club in Switzerland who wins the most title uh, in the Swiss Basketball Championship. Just try to show to everybody uh, Fribourg has its place here, can play this level, and uh, just try to make our fans proud too. And let's finish off with uh, maybe uh, what's your goal for the rest of the of the uh, of the season. My goal is to continue to play in, in Euro Cup and uh, trying to win uh, everything here in Switzerland. All right, Babacar Torre, thank you for coming on. We appreciate you uh, taking yeah. some time and congratulations uh, on a victory and and uh, very important tiebreaker advantage over Bonn. And so maybe you guys can yeah. can sneak into the FIBA Europe Cup. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks again to our guest, Babakar Toure, for joining us this week. Uh, Dave, what did you think about what Babakar had to say? You know, behind the scenes for some people, you know, we, we try to figure out uh, who we're going to have on the podcast. And, you know, obviously the team has to win. And, you know, we want to talk to, to some of the leading players. And, you know, Toure had been fantastic, you know, uh, all the qualifiers. Um, and then they got the two wins over Opava and it just didn't work out, uh, whatever with the, the other Opava, uh, win over Opava. So, you know, we're really, I was kind of happy that they, you know, nothing against Bonn or anything like that, but I was really happy that they were, um, that Freeboard was able to get that win so that we can kind of, uh, give him some pub, you know, because he's, you know, this is his first professional season, uh, uh first international season. And he's been, a, like you said, Mr. Double Double, you know, and, and, uh, and he hasn't had a chance to be on the the team of the week because they haven't won any games really. Um, so uh, yeah, it was you know and and you know the story that he came to uh, <laughs> he came to Europe to to become an accountant and then uh, play a little basketball here and you know wins the Swiss championship and and now he's a double double in the champion in the basketball champions league. Great story. Yeah, pretty amazing story there. Uh, so it was, it was great to have Toure on the show this week, Dave. Let's look ahead to game day twelve. There's only three weeks left. This is you know this is money time for a lot. Of these teams, there's still 10 playoff spots up for grabs. The fifth and sixth place teams will go to the FIBA Europe Cup, so teams are still fighting for those spots as well. So, looking ahead uh, to Tuesday's games, you're actually going to be on the road, which we're really excited about. Why don't you tell everyone what your plans are next week? 
Uh, yeah, I'm going actually to uh, Patras to 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 look at the Prometheus uh, youth youth academy youth youth facilities there, um, and we'll be writing something on the on the site for that, uh, and then obviously uh, take in the uh, Prometheus uh, Six Strasbourg game there on on Tuesday. So that's that is that is literally the game I will be watching on Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, but but really some some great action. So uh, and and uh, I mean, you know, you look at Banvit, uh, Banvit Evelino. That's the game for second place. You know, very well could be the game for second place. Um, you know, Ostend, uh, you know, with their twelve points in the last five five games as their winning total winning margin. Uh, can they keep their magic going against Byright? Uh, so so what, what do you got? Yeah, those are the ones I highlighted as well. Prometheus are seven and four, Strasbourg six and five, and struggling as we mentioned. So that's a huge game. I expect Prometheus to win that one and move one step closer to qualifying for the playoffs in Group D. Uh, Benvid Avellino is is the other one uh, for Tuesday. Sorry, what were you going to say, Dave? Yeah, I, I hope that I hope that Rian Brown is is, is able to play. Uh, I hope that Geekas is healthy again, um, so that they're at full strength and and. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be, you know, I've covered a lot of basketball in my career, um, but I'm always amazed at the height of some of these guys and to, to check out Yusuf, Yusuf Afal and the actual size of him is, is going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to, to, to see a, a giant man like that. For sure. And then Banvit Avellino is the other game on Tuesday that I'm really going to be watching closely. Like you said, potentially uh, the battle for second place there. So that's a really important game because you don't want to be in third and go up against Hapoel Jerusalem or Ike if they fall to second in that group. Um, Even Venezia in second place. That's that's a team that you would probably want to avoid in the round of 16. So that's going to be an important game in Group A. And then looking at Wednesday, uh, some really big games in this one. I'm excited for Halone versus Tenerife. Bomberg versus Antwerp is going to be another great one. Uh, Dave, any any others from Wednesday that you'll be watching? Um, that the 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 Bomberg Antwerp game, I think one number to watch um, is plus nine. The you know Bomberg was able to get a nine point victory. So should they lose this game and lose by double digits, then you could really seriously be looking at fourth place um, uh, that Antwerp can 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 jump past them. Um, also, Besiktas uh, uh, playing at Bologna, uh, and and here's 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 a bold prediction for this week. I say there's going to be a four way tie at six and six in Group D uh, when we talk next next week. So that would mean Bologna beat Besiktas, so Besiktas go to six and six. Neptunus beat Olympia and go to six and six. Prometheus moved to four, eight and four to send Strasbourg to six to six and six. And Osten lose to Bayreuth to move to six and six with with Bayreuth at, there at five and seven. So four-way tie at six and six is my bold prediction for next week. All right. Dave is rooting for more chaos in Group D. I, <laughs> I think I, I probably agree with you there. Uh for the most part, except for uh, Ostend, I think I think they'll get that win and, and keep the magic rolling against Bayreuth. So that'll do it for this week's podcast. Thanks again to our guest, Baba Carture from Fribourg Olympic. Thanks to Dave Hine over in Germany. Remember, there's only three game days left in the regular season. The regular season wraps up February 6th. So this is when the action is going to get really good as these teams are fighting for playoff spots. So for Baba Carture, Dave Hine over in Germany, my name is Austin Green, and this has been BCL Coast to Coast. <laughs>